Welcome to the No BS Short-Term Rental Podcast, an unfiltered look into the global vacation and short-term rental industry. I'm Mateo Bradford. And I'm John Stokinger. And this is our podcast. We bring the right people to the table at the right time, giving you an inside view and take on the short-term rental industry like no other podcast can. Welcome to our presentation. Uh, we are, I'm John uh, Stokinger. I am the co-host of No BS Short-Term Rental Podcast, along with Mateo Bradford Vasquez, uh, co-host of the No BS Short-Term Rental Podcast. I- I'm excited about this, John. This is going to be fun. I- Great discussion. Big week. Yeah, uh, congratulations on 100. Yeah, tomorrow, tomorrow, 100 episodes for No BS Short-Term Rental Podcast. Um, not to be remiss, I'm also the director of sales for Direct, if you could tell, with the shirt and the hat. Um, you know, just kind of had to do our thing, but yeah, a hundred episodes tomorrow. Uh, excited about that. Um, that goes right into what we're about to talk about today though, too, right? Uh, the beginning of what, where this all started and the topic of what we're digging into today are aligned. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why us, right? Why are we doing the topic of longevity through culture, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of how we met. It's kind of how the whole idea of the podcast started. You know, we, we noticed some things that were a little bit off in the world and the industry, and we had a great conversations and, and it's, and it's how we came together truly and, and built a, a, a flourishing, you know, brotherhood and friendship based, you know, starting on, you know, culture in understanding culture and it's the whole basis of our podcast and why no BS is no bullshit. You know, it's, it's why we are who we are and it's why we're a little bit different. Um, and shoot, we made it to a hundred. So I'm, I'm pretty stoked by that. I mean, let's dig into this. Yeah. So, I mean, but why, why are we the most, why, why are we more qualified, I guess, than someone else to do this in your, what do you, why do you think? I mean, I, I, to me, it's obvious. It's it's you know the DNA and the foundation of our podcast is is culture and people, and it's especially now more than ever, you know, having conversations around the value of culture to a business. Um, you know, as our industry professionalizes, our industry grows, um, as our industry becomes more inclusive, more diverse, culture is pervasive and not just as a nice to have, but as a strategic business principle um, that there's data to support is great for your business, good for your business, right? Um, And so, you know, these are the things we're going to dig into today because culture is not an easy thing. It's not a static thing. It's not constant, right? And we're going to dig into all of the little nuances uh, around, you know, culture being a hype word, overhyped and what the real value of it is. And we got some really good surprises for some people today, man. So let's uh, let's dig into this. Yeah, thing. we we, t- we did tee it up on the uh, on social today, but you know, we we had some pretty cool guests um, that have uh, have voiced um, their opinions and their their answer to a question uh, regarding um, culture in the workplace. Uh, but let's talk about what is culture versus sustainability. Fair, fair. Um, you know, culture, as it's defined, is you know refers to values, beliefs, behaviors, practices. Um, you know, with 
within our context of which organizations and companies, you know, identify themselves and identify their environment and uh, how their employees and stakeholders um, see, view, and interact uh, within a company and within their environment. Um, and, you know, it, it's essentially, it really is what it is. It's, you know, culture is the, it's the essence of a company, man. It's, it's what you are and not necessarily what you say you are, but what you really are, you know, what your values are, you know, what values you live, all of those things make up what culture is. Um, and it's more important, I'm mean, arguably more important now, uh, more than ever to a company uh, from all aspects of the business. And we'll dig into that in a minute, but you know, in terms of sustainability, yeah. How do these two things play off each other? Like why is well, yeah, sustainability on the other hand, it, it revert, it refers to the ability to operate a business in a manner that preserves and enhances the natural social economic resources and support that supports its existence, right? And growth over like a long term, not just today. So if we're if we're looking at culture and sustainability as a, a unified unit here, mm-hmm. it's 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 kind of a you know, culture and sustainability are have a symbiotic relationship to each other. Mm-hmm. And without one, true growth can't happen in a way that that's actually gonna like benefit those that are are within the whatever system it is you know, for the long haul, you know, it's, it, there's, you're not looking at, you know, you have blinders on if you're just focused on now or you're focused on what it was. Uh, but if you're not looking at the future and you're, you're not looking at, you know, all the generations that are, that are involved in, in part of a company and that, that make up that, that, that fabric that is company culture, you know, you can't have without the sustainability part. You, you know, you're not going to be sustainable if you if you're not focused on culture, and culture isn't going to come through if you're not, you know, have a sustainability focus as well. Yeah, I think that's interesting because a lot of times people just throw sustainability in the bucket of you know, environmental sustainability, right? But if you break down the word, it's 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 the ability to persevere, right? The ability to persist and to to last. Right. You know, it's thrown in the environmental bucket quite a bit because, you know, we're looking at how can we sustain this planet? Like, how do we, you know, protect the environment? But it's it is so much more than that. And, you know, we're going to dig into that today. So let's uh, let's talk about let's look at what let's look like to jump in our way back machine and jump way back five years. Let's jump back way back pre-COVID. Right. Let's let's kind of talk about. Like what were the buzzwords and what was like, what were HR companies and what were, you know, these companies that are, that are looking to retain, you know, attract and retain top talent. What was the important things for them when, you know, building, especially in our, in like a tech landscape, in a sales landscape, you know, it was, it was com- like, it I'm going to take the, I'm going to take, I'm going to take the easy, I'm going to take the low hanging fruit. I'll tell you what they weren't talking about. I mean, it may be, maybe very few were talking about this then remote work yeah it wasn't i mean it, it was, was not it was not a thing it was a maybe thing there were very few companies like the digital nomad thing was a like oh that'd be great if it happened but it wasn't like embraced in right. you know the way it is post covid that to me well, is it, the largest the, thing. the important what it was back then and what it you know 
it, it was all the hey we got ice cold kombucha and beer on tap oh, yeah we and ping a, pong you know, tables come, and come, yeah, we got a ping pong table you know it's hip and cool and vibe you know here you know check out these crazy beanbag chairs and this view of the city and and like everyone just kind of does and works their own thing it, it was so different back then but to attract the talent that was out there you needed to go that direction and company company culture was almost like it was fake and like and i don't mean that in a bad way but it was kind of fake it was like this is who we're gonna be it was a fake culture to attract talent yeah and and then and, and it kind of turned and metamorphosed into this thing but it wasn't what what ended up happening is you know boomers and and you know gen xers and some maybe some gen y some you know they are like shit we need to go ahead and attract millennials we need to attract gen z's mm -hmm. if we don't do these things they they at least realize that that's where the talent source was and they realize that this is what's going to keep their companies moving forward and they realize these things so what are the cool kids want <laughs> what do they need and and it wasn't necessarily genuine right and and I think what what has happened in you know kind of moving on to today, and what we're going to talk about that what what happened back then was it, it not being genuine has and with COVID and remote work the influx of remote workflows it is definitely changed and and it's made it more genuine and it's made it better and more accessible for the future. I, I agree, but I think it's become a non-negotiable now also, right? Like now it's in certain places, and let's be very clear, this isn't universal across the board, right? Like there, there's people on the lower end of the socioeconomic spectrum that just, that can't and will never be able to work from home, right? Like they, it's just not, there's certain, we're talking about even within our space, but it's a non-negotiable now, like, right. but it's also given companies the ability to reach talent in places where their reach may not have gone before, because now, you know, you don't have to relocate someone for a certain position. They can actually work from wherever they want, right? Empowering that kind of digital nomad lifestyle that our industry is 100% the beneficiary of. Right, right. I mean, so, a great comment came in to uh, like Roberta Murrow made a comment. She said, I've been working remote for my company since 1981. Like, oh, wow. Like, I've been doing it for eight or nine years. Like, so I've been doing it longer than most, but 81. Yeah. That's, that's, that's like, like, you know, it's, that's amazing. And yeah. obviously that company she worked for prioritized it and gave her, you know, you know, gave her, you know, access to things and, and understood the need. So great yeah. example of culture and of work culture, but with it, let's talk about. I, I think there's other obvious things too, right? Yeah. Like DEI was a DEI and inclusivity, inclusivity was like a big buzzword, but the work behind it lacked significantly. I, I think everything that happened over COVID, everything that's happened like pre-pandemic, like during the pandemic time has brought a renewed kind of vigor um, right. to, to the space. And we're seeing change, right? Like we're seeing- well, Harvard, Harvard Business Review came out right. and you know, stated through McKenzie report stating that it's good for business yeah, having a diverse workforce mm. with different backgrounds is good for business. Yeah. Right. You and know, it, and we mean not in, just in, in, in inclusivity, like we're not just talking about ethnic or gender. We're talking about like literally across the board and in, in checking off all those boxes 
which at the end of the day, it makes sense. When you have a community that's diverse and reflective, um, your businesses should be diverse and reflective too. Um, just the other things the, we're not it's good to see the data backing that up. And now that it's not just a, a feel good play, but it's actually a, Hey, this is good for your business play. Right. Tech is, has made this possible. Oh, of course. Tech stacks have, have made this accessible yeah. and, and the importance of work, like in, in a study, uh, in newer studies that the work like millennials and Gen Z's would rather focus on work life balance. Yeah. And they'll take that over, say, salary and and Benny's, okay. right? Like they want to work life balance. So that ties right into culture. And so what are the kind of, you know, what culture are you building and what are, are you as a business prioritizing mm-hmm. with regards to culture? Which takes us to what today, right? We're, we're you know, we, we looked at the past. We looked at where it was. We, we've looked at how we've gotten here. But, you know, your company's, you know, like you got to walk it like you talk it now. Like it's yeah. it's saying it now doesn't, you know, it, it just doesn't work anymore because people are not going to stay in environments that it's just like <laughs> give the bad dating analogy, right? Like I was great in the beginning. You got through the date. Then you then now you're in the relationship and the relationship is not what you were sold in the dating phase, right? Like it's right. you got to walk it like you talk it. So Companies are having to create these cultures for real, not just post these values somewhere and say, this is who and what we are and not back it up because there's a generation of workers that now they're looking at these things. Your customers are looking at these things, right? But let's, let's not take my word for it. Like, I think we got well, some back. A couple of things here. Let's, let, let's first, let's ask the audience who's listening. If, you, if you're live and you're listening, you know, what changes have you seen? In the since you started, at, you know, in the workforce to today with company company culture, specifically in the roles that you that you're working in the companies that you're working for, is there anyone that has has seen any any immense positive changes with regard to you know culture and the longevity? Well, Willow, we'll kind of let the the chat fill that in. If they, if they do, go ahead and fill that in. Um, the all right. Uh, more diverse work coworkers because we aren't limited to hiring a small time. I love this. Mm-hmm. Because of remote, the ability, you had the ability to, to hire a diverse workforce representing different backgrounds yeah. and different experiences and bringing different things to Dimlin. Different, like, then the positive thing about this is it's not just, you know, in, internally and with where you're working. It's your your output is going to change as well because based on experiences and based on you know the output your company is putting together and the breadth in which you're reaching potentially can be different and more expansive and grand because this diverse workforce you have access to now. Yeah, yeah. people got options. Absolutely. So, what's what's that? What's that? No, I was just going to say like you know that's you know, that's brought us to the present. Right. Um, and you know, we are lucky every week we get to talk to leaders in this industry. We get to talk to business owners and CEOs and and innovators in this space. And, you know, we get to see the effect of culture every week, but they're the ones that are creating the businesses. They're the ones that are using culture as a strategic, you know, function of their business and graining it into the foundation of their business. 
not just because it's the cool thing to do, but because it makes good business sense and not all for the same reason. So, you know, we, uh, you know, I, I think where we are today versus where we were, you know, five years ago, um, don't take our word for it. Like, let's, let's listen to some leaders in our space um, who, you know, uh, will give you their take on culture um, and what culture means to their business um, as a strategy. Absolutely. And so, so we went ahead and uh, we, 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 asked, we asked a specific question. We went ahead and reached out to industry professionals to kind of share their, what culture means and in, in their business means to them. Um, and so we're going to sh share a, a, a video and then actually pause between, um, potentially pause between some of them, depending on the time, um, and kind of talk about it. So this is, pay attention, this is some pretty cool stuff. Thanks. Shout out to Vanessa for sending this in for us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, sending. absolutely. I mean, look at look at that right there with Vanessa and where they, I mean, if I go back and if we're looking at the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different companies represented at Randall's United when when Vanessa was there, yeah. uh, it's fantastic. And you know, you're not going to get a more diverse, you know, culture if you tried. I mean, and, yeah, look at those places. So it's unbelievable. All right, here we go. Familiar face. Familiar face. Here we go. Let me push play again. Culture has an outsized, extraordinary impact on the long-term prospects of any business. Why? Because it's about the people. The people are what make any business work or not work. And so when you think of culture, think of it as a magnet. You're going to attract the certain type of people who vibe or fit into that culture. And you'll also expel or, or just repel the people who don't want that culture or want to work that way. Love it. I absolutely love it. Hey, Jenna, you're here. You can, you can chat. You work at Rent Responsibly. You know what it's like. You are, you know, what do you, what are your thoughts to, to Dave's, uh, Dave's quick snippet there? I think a big thing that he's right, it's magnetic, but it's a, consistency that we continue all the time to push that culture it's not that we start a slack channel called wellness and like never post in it we've been posting in it for three years consistently as a team um so i think a lot of people will push out new initiatives that get pushed to the side after a couple months so i think that consistency is huge Love it. I think, it's, I think it's also leadership too. Like it, it, seeing that it's coming from the top. The first thing out of Dave's mouth is it's people, and that's the, that's a fact. Because none of this matters if your people aren't taken care of, and your people don't believe in your culture. So I'll put a pin in that. We'll get into more later around that. But to continue. Hey there, no BS short-term rental podcast universe. This is Margot Schmorak. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Hostfully, and I'm here to talk to you about culture. Culture is the reason why I am the CEO of Hostfully. The reason why I wanted to start my own company is because I wanted to be in a company where one could be fully integrated at work and at home where I am right now. So culture is really at the core of everything we do at Hostfully. We believe that it drives the way that we interact with customers, the way that we grow our business, the way that we make hard decisions, say goodbye and um, do all the fun stuff too. So it's really the key to our success and it has put our business in an amazing position where we are right now where we're thriving and we are getting to enjoy the amazing changes that are happening in the short-term rental industry. Love it. Thank you so much, Margo, for, for chiming in. Uh, 
Mateo, what sticks out to you most in in her her snippet there? I can tell you what sticks out to me. I think she checks all the boxes, and it's See, hard to say, it's hard to say that they're not the goat right now in this space and doing it because you look at what they do. They care about their people. They measure their people. There, it, it's in their actions. Like you look at hostfully, and you see when you look at that company from top to bottom and how they interact, it speaks for itself. Like whenever we have these conversations, the companies that are that are killing it in this space and that are also killing it in business, Cassiola, hostfully, love it. On, I mean, there's there's a list. I don't want to go in rank and order, but those are ones that we see continuously through actions. Right? We're talking about walking it like we talk it. Yeah. Verb. Yeah. So, what what stuck like, out to me, what stuck out to me were hard decisions and say goodbyes. But it's everything, John. It's I know, not no, just but I'm saying I agree with you. Yeah. But what sticks out to me is how is is that, you know, most just focus on the positive and like then talk about the, like the company culture being all this, but company culture is much more than that. And and the fact that that how they they live and breathe and act every day helps and guides them through the hard decisions and how they say goodbye. I mean, the nice thing about saying goodbye with the positive work culture is that ninety percent of the time, yeah. you know that that bridge isn't burnt. Yeah, you know, there's always there's a way back if if everything was done correctly. There's a way back, and I, I love that about about her. I love that about Hostling. Let's let's keep on going here on for time. What's up, John and Mateo? Wes here from Direct. Thanks for asking for my input on this topic. Uh, it's an important one. And when I think of the role that culture and diversity plays in my company's long-term success, I'm reminded of a pretty awesome quote by Malcolm Gladwell, where he basically stated, the power of an idea really comes from a diverse mix of perspectives, which I couldn't agree with more. Uh, my vision for the company is grand, and I'm super fortunate to be surrounded by a team of individuals from different backgrounds and with different perspectives, which I think encourages innovative thinking and, and really drives us to find creative solutions for the market so that we could better execute on this vision. Now, uh, we've, we've really created a culture uh, at Direct where everyone's voice is heard and good ideas can come from anyone at any time. And this sort of an environment, um, I, I really think helps us grow and, and uh, tackle new challenges head on, which is very important. So I guess by embracing diversity and fostering a, a culture of inclusion, you know, we're not only setting ourselves up for success and helping ourselves as individuals and the company move forward, we're also helping the, the, the industry move forward. Uh, so I think it's, it's, it's a very important topic. Thanks for having me on and uh, keep up the great work with the podcast. Obviously, Homer here, but uh, you know, culture is a huge, huge reason, you know, outside of tech and, and where they're going, like culture at Director is a huge reason why I chose to go there over some, some other companies. And the great decisions and great ideas can come from everyone is it's it's embedded into to what the company is and what direct is doing and you know yes we have a hierarchy like most but it there's no you know like if you have a great idea you know let, let's chat about it let's talk about it and, and let's come to a, a consensus um there's no truly bad ideas and i think this is super important for biz, building and maintaining a positive work culture uh, for the future. Oh, you know, I agree 100%. And it's the same reason I took this job with Guestor is to build a community and build a culture and change the face of investment within our space. And 
you know, being able to work with leaders like Dennis and we were talking today and it was, you know, talking about this and, and what we were and what I was going to say here. And, and he was like, man, it really breaks down to three things. It's people, planet and profit. And you can build a culture around that where those things aren't mutually exclusive and they work together. We'll get into the future later, but uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's keep pushing along here. Hey, John and Mateo, Don Skolsky with Inhabit. Thanks for reaching out and asking my perspective regarding company culture and why it's so important to Inhabit's business landscape. In today's corporate world, we're constantly bombarded with this concept of company culture. But here's the thing. Creating a strong company culture it isn't easy, and it's not something that can be achieved overnight. It really takes time. It takes effort. And it means being willing to listen to open and honest feedback from our employees and then make those changes when they're necessary. At Inhabit, this means creating opportunities for employees from all types of diverse backgrounds and contribute very unique perspectives and ideas and making sure that everybody has access to the same opportunities for advancement, growth, career path mapping. Um, we're constantly investing in employee training and development. Promoting work-life balance is huge. And encouraging open communication and collaboration across all levels of the organization. I would say company culture is more than just a set of values or beliefs or an impressive mission statement. It really is a way of life for employees. It defines the very essence of an organization. When it is good, you can feel it. I would say it's that driving force uh, for constant improvement, pride in your work, innovation, productivity. And for many of us, it provides a sense of purpose. Love it. Love it. Thank you, Ron, for, for chiming in. In what is interesting for me with all of these and everyone that, that shared so far is, you know, the, the the big difference that that Don said is it, it, it's hard, and I don't necessarily think that everyone would say it's hard, but but she's she has her inhabit hat on, which is a very large company, and it's it's a it's a meld of lots of smaller companies that's come together. It's it's a, it's a giant in you know acquisition company, so I could see from her standpoint how um, how it could be you know it needs to be intentional to go ahead and bring bring focus or culture to the forefront and 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 by listening because you're coming from all these different you know company backgrounds through the acquisitions of so it's it's an interesting standpoint and and I applaud and have it for for focusing on it yeah i mean it's it's incredibly challenging it's not static it's yeah it's it's yeah ever moving and ever changing it was i think if it was easy more people would be getting it right right to use that worn out saying but i mean it's truth Awesome. So we uh, we got 15 more minutes. We got a few more minutes of this here. So I'm going to keep pushing play. Uh, got a great guest coming up here. John Mateo, thanks so much. Big fan of the podcast and uh, and really grateful to be able to participate. You know, at Picasso, we believe culture is more important than strategy. Uh, you know, there's a great quote. I can't remember who said it. Culture eats strategy for breakfast. And, and, and I've always been a big believer in that. And so we spend a lot of time talking and thinking and working about how we execute together as a team, uh, how we collaborate together to deliver for our homeowners, for our guests, 
uh, and for all of the communities to, that depend on us. Um, when we think about diversity, uh, I think about diversity as a key driver of culture, um, especially in today's day and age. It, it's so easy to see organizations, uh, companies, individuals that can get fossilized by the success that they've enjoyed in the past. And so from my perspective, diversity is a way to bring diverse points of view uh, to problems. Uh, it's a way to bring diverse people around different issues, different backgrounds, uh, in my experience, have, uh, have led to better outcomes. Uh, the research actually shows that uh, very, uh, very, very, uh, very directly. I think the, the, the other element that I call out around culture when it comes to diversity is what we at Vicasa inherently try to cultivate, which is a, which is a passion around curiosity. Uh, and curiosity means that we're going to be frustrated with the, with the status quo. Um, we're going to therefore have to willing to be wrong. We have to be willing to be wrong a lot. We're going to have to be trying new ways of working and challenging what we think are our assumptions. Uh, that means we also have to be humble when we're right, because at the pace of change that we're all seeing in the market, in the economy, in our business today, uh, we're going to get things right, but those things are going to continue to change. Uh, and that takes us, uh, that, that means we have to have a mindset around humility. Um, that means we also have to be very accepting of change, being willing to try new things is going to be, a, means, uh, you know, to be, to be willing to, to do things differently and to not hold on to those things. And, and it means that we have to bring a passion to be better. So I think diversity is about making sure that you have the different perspectives that you can always bring around problems, around issues, around opportunities, uh, that you pursue those things with humility and that you always bring that, that passion uh, to be better. So thanks again for asking me to participate. Big fans of what you guys are doing on the podcast. Uh, thanks so much. Imagine being in Rob Graber's shoes. Nope. Imagine <laughs> that. You know, imagine nope. coming in as, as the guy hired to, to patch the holes in a ship as it's going down. But first of all, before you even, I mean, you have to be, let's be honest, it's a Lego ship too, and not yeah. dogging it, but it's made up of so many different parts, so many different acquisitions, so many globally. Right. I love, I love his response. It's, it's an, it, that I could see being an enormous challenge because, you know, talking about culture, scaling culture, you know, it, it's. The, the fact that you have to be okay to fail. And you have to be humble when you're doing things right. It wasn't that way with past leadership. It was early on. It wasn't that it, it's, you know, yeah. let, it's gone through some yeah. different phases. You know, Vacasa has and, and to, you know, you know, to be clear, you know, this is my personal opinion. And, and I, I, I think I speak for Mateo as well, is that we I think we all, as a as an industry, win if Vacasa wins as well, um, is successful as well if it you know comes out of this well. And I, I love his approach. Um, I I don't necessarily love everything that Vacasa is doing, and I don't necessarily, but I understand that it's an it is a undertaking that is like it's Dude, it's mind blowing. Heavy is the head, right? That wears the crown. Right. And what, let's just be very clear in that space and call me what you want, say what you want. It's just, the, it's the fact of the matter. We heard it from Don. We know it from Rob. Like this is an incredibly challenging thing to do 
at a small scale. Right. You know, there are very few companies out there anywhere that get this right all the way through and get it right consistently. We're talking about sustainably. So like getting it right today, getting it right for tomorrow so that you have a culture that continues to give your business the competitive advantage that it needs to outpace the competitors in the market, right? Outpace the other people in that space. That's why I can that's why I go back to leadership. That's why we wanted to talk to the leaders of these companies, the founders of these companies. Like what does it mean to the DNA and the fabric of your business? Because it is a crucial component to your business's success. That's we're not even arguing that anymore. No. Now we're talking about how do you do this? How do you build it sustainably? Because what we showed was yesterday's culture is not today's culture and not going to be tomorrow's culture. So yeah. how do you build with that in mind? So here the, are the key reasons why culture is important to a business long-term success. Via, According to Chad uh, GPT. Yes. Chad GPT. Yeah. I mean, to talk about that, it attracts and retains top talent. So, I mean, it makes sense to me. A positive yeah. company culture can attract top talent by creating desirable work environment, right? Like these are things employees, when employees feel valued and supported, they're more likely to stay with a company for a long time. Correct. Duh. Yeah, I, I said duh. All right. <laughs> increase employee engagement. A All strong right. culture can help increase employee engagement by motivating and leading. And this leads to increased motivated productivity and job satisfaction. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense to me. Thanks. Thanks, chat GPT. I think and, this one and, is now more than ever, this next one. Yeah, customer loyalty. Yeah, positive culture can enhance customer loyalty by creating a brand that customers trust and feel connected to. Mm -hmm. This is what, I mean, this goes back, this is brand. This We talk about brand all the time on Novia Short-Term Rental Podcast. We, we are beating the brand drum all the time. Well, to, to go ahead and get that brand and what you're trying to do, it starts with company culture. Facilitate change and innovation, right? Strong culture can facilitate change and innovation by creating a supporting environment that encourages employees to take risks and experiment with new ideas. That's how, that's how, new th that's how change happens. That's how, you know, things, you know, and lastly, improves decision-making. Positive culture can improve decision-making by creating a shared understanding of the company's values and goals. Thanks, chat, GPT. I mean, but it, it makes sense. Yeah. It makes a ton of sense. And so it was, it was interesting asking chat GPT to come in. Like just a couple of minutes left here, it looks like. we get, Let's, uh, Mateo, what are um, the takeaways? I, well, I, got, I got a couple of questions for the audience while we talk about this too, right? Like, you know, I don't know if we got people in here who run businesses or ever, but I want to know, you know, from the business side, you know, how do you view culture from a strategic standpoint? If there's anybody out there that feels like answering that question, like we asked our CEO. Um, but then again, the question that I really have is like, how do you build a lasting culture? Whether you're, you work for somebody, whether you're a business owner, whether you're an innovator within the space, other media, like how do you build something that's going to last from a cultural perspective? That's my, that's my question. Because to me, that's the rub, right? Getting today right is always right like a step behind because you're like everything is changing so you know that's really my question and you know how do you revolve and not regress love it i mean these are the questions that we need to be asking you know it's you know asking yourselves 
These are, you know, the the companies that we see and we engage with that are are pushing the envelope in and making positive strides and just really, really excelling. And the in the founders that we talk to that are absolutely freaking crushing it are the ones that are prioritizing a a a workplace and a culture that enhances creativity and in and, and yeah. encourages you know diversity and and encourages thought process and in connections that that others we've all worked for those companies that are that micromanage you that 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 are just don't necessarily have have the the direction and the focus you know where it needs to be right. and you know if if the culture is where it needs to be it kind of just it, it it moves and breathes on its own it's it doesn't necessarily yes it's always a focus but it isn't necessarily you know like a priority is like we need to make sure that culture is you know that we're focusing on culture because it just is yeah like and and it's a thing here's here's a uh let's see you must consistently ask the staff for their input not just the owners on every decision not that you may use it but just feel like they're a complete part of the company hence why some of my crew has been around for 25 years i love that statement. that's amazing leslie that was an awesome quote um, you know like i love that you know like ask questions ask for input ask for feedback you know use it or don't but keep you know if you are involving your 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 clients if you're involving your employees in whether it's a decision-making involvement or just involvement to, so they're heard. That's important. That's a, I love that. I, I think it goes back to what Rob said about it, it. I took it from a leadership standpoint of embracing humility, right. And understanding the strength of humility and the leadership quality of embracing strength through humility and the ability to listen to your team, to glean good feedback, right. It's why you're the leader. <laughs> like that's why you drive the organization. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, Leslie, that's uh, that was a fantastic quote. I, thank you for that. This has been awesome. Thank you so much. I think I think we're 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 at time, so I'm going to let Jenna do her thing. Thank you guys for coming. That was great, and it definitely does hit home for rent responsibly, like you guys heard from Dave in his uh, input. So thank you, John and Mateo. This podcast is a Hospitality.fm production.